0: Welcome to Lumen Fide, your podcast to help you discover new ideas about the life of a Catholic. This is Melena, and I have with me... Carolyn. And Mark. And we hope you're doing good and keeping safe and enjoying the beautiful day that our Lord has granted us today. We are three regular Catholics working in living a better life every day with the guidance of God. We are hoping to share with you different discussions of topics related to our faith or that are are challenging for us as Catholics to understand. How might we be able to live a better life with Catholic fundamentals? We are hoping also to share a positive side of Catholicism and hoping that whoever is listening, you can learn that as Catholics, we also have different perspectives on how to live a Christian life within this contemporary world and how much we continue to learn every day to live a better life as a Catholic. Please remember to visit us at lumenfide.com and subscribe to our podcast. Send us your questions uh, as well as we love to hear your ideas or perspectives on what we have discussed at patreon, uh, to patreon at Luminfide.com So today we will be discussing the book for uh, the book of <laughs> four loves by C.S. Lewis, uh, Clive Staples Lewis. So C.S. Lewis, currently popularly known as the Narnia writer from the Hollywood movies created a few years ago, Lewis was an Irish novelist known for his essays on literature and his explanations on Christian teachings. Lewis was part of the well-known literary discussion group, The Inklings, associated with J.R.R. Tolkien at Oxford University. Which allowed him to explore and discuss different ideas and concepts in different topics related to poetry, literature, and religion. An Anglican, which Tolkien felt very sad for not converting to Catholicism, in his writings, he was always, he always amalgamated and explained very well the Catholicism, Christianity, Anglican messages, as well of the, all of them have the foundations that is the Bible. And at the time when Lewis was well known to be sick to have conversations, he pursued the challenge to explain in different ways the general messages of the Bible. He understood at the time the only learnings the population was getting about God was via Bible, which not a lot of them understood the language. Listening to the audiobook of C.S. Lewis talking at Cambridge University or Oxford University and reading the first version of his study on love being published Three years later, after the talk you're about to listen to, in today's podcast, we will be reviewing the book of C.S. Lewis, The Four Loves. In today's world, the word love has become a mistreated word, a word that can be, can mean so much and be misused so often, where the people have been desensitized from the true origins and depths of love. The scriptures tell us that love is the highest attribute the eleventh commandment given on the last supper my command is this love each other as i have loved you john 15:12 in our podcast we'll be discussing our takes on the four different loves described by lewis affection storge friendship that in greek is philia romantic eros and charity agape Let's start by listening to a small part of Louis understanding the agape form of love, the fourth love, charity, what we aim to achieve, what our Father in Heaven has given us through His Son. Today in the podcast we will be reviewing this fourth chapter, the chapter of the love charity.
1: Which I find myself compelled to reject, though I do so with trembling. In words that can still bring tears to a man's eyes, St. Augustine describes the desolation in which he was plunged by the death of his great friend Nebridius. He then goes on to draw what he thinks the moral. This is what comes, he says, of giving your heart to anything but God. All creatures are temporary. It's the very nature of the universe that all individuals should pass away and make room for others. You can't have a temporal universe on any other terms, just as you can't have a spoken sentence unless each word, after filling the air for a moment, passes away and gives place to the next. To give one's heart to a created being is therefore to court disaster. If love is to mean in the long run happiness, not misery, it must be love for the only beloved that does not pass away. Now, of course, this is obvious and excellent sense. Don't put your goods in a leaky vessel. Don't spend much on a temporary building. There's perhaps no man in the world to whom such canny maxims make a stronger appeal than they do to me. As a boy, though I like chocolate better, I always bought toffee. It lasted longer. I'm almost incurably cautious. No gambler a safety-first man, guilt-edged securities for me, however low the rate of interest. Of all arguments against excessive love for a fellow creature, none makes so strong a natural appeal to me as, be careful, this may mean suffering. But when I respond to this natural appeal, I feel myself to be a thousand miles away from the spirit of Christianity. If I'm certain of anything... I'm sure that Christ did not teach in order to confirm my congenital preference for safe investment. And who could conceivably begin to love God on the ground that he is a safer investment, offers better security? Who could even include it among his grounds for loving? One has to be outside the world of love, of all loves, before one thus calculates. Such a view doesn't raise us above the natural affections, it sinks us below them. Eros himself, lawless and rebellious, when he prefers the beloved to happiness, is nearer love itself than this.
0: So, I play a couple of minutes of a little part of the audiobook, and I would like to ask Caroline or Mark, uh, what do you think? What are the thoughts and (laughs) perspectives? This is just a little blip of the fourth chapter, but I want to hear from you. Yeah, and
2: what rich, I mean... We were listening to, but what rich writing, right? Boy, I, you know what? I love Lewis, but I also had a really hard time understanding this. And I wonder if that's very connected to that. <laughs> mistreatment of the word love that we experience culturally that it affects us. I really love how you how you picked the quote though about St. friend Nebrutius. <laughs> giving your heart to something other than God is going to lead you down the path of disappointment and how often that that really stood out to me. I'm I'm really glad you picked that quote because Throughout the day, inevitably, I choose the path of least resistance or the most shiny thing in front of me, and I get disappointed, right? Absolutely.
3: (laughs) It's interesting. It's interesting he's talking about um, he's a safety-first creature. But I think to love means you're going to take risks. And maybe the, the, the... depth or sincerity of your love is related to how much you're willing to risk, especially in the case of charity or or agape where you're loving agape is a love of God. So you go, okay, you can't see him. He he doesn't talk. Well, doesn't talk to most of us directly. Um, He's very intangible, but you have to take the risk of loving him in spite of what our our perversion of the word love means. So it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting, interesting um, uh, first first dip our toe into, into the understanding of love, especially this fourth fourth category of love.
2: Another um, thing I'd like to to identify is how he he takes charity as pointing the loves towards their their final end, their their maker, and in doing that. Because we all have those different relationships, right? Affectionate love, like our family, um, the, the friendship loves we have, and then romantic love too. Reshaping that and giving it a perspective, like a holistic perspective that includes God, that allows you to, yeah, redirect those those energies and those loves towards something that is fulfilling and. Joy giving and yeah, you still you still encounter all those difficulties, right? But it's not going to lead to that devastation and disappointment that we we just talked about too.
0: Yeah, I, I really like that uh, that piece that I play, too. It, it it just remind me about when when maybe a family member dies, when your pet dies. We leave so much love to these little creatures too, and um, and it, it it remind me as well. Uh, in the Old Testament, about also Solomon, how he broke also his heart by loving so many things. Right. So, is 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 give. F- if we think about the original praying that Joseph taught Jesus, what was the name of that, Caroline? Your the Shema. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He said, "Love your God with all your heart and with your, all your soul." Right. Yeah. So. Is if you don't do that, your heart is getting broken every time that you give this this fully love to something that is just temporary. And we are here, temp people that we're just it's a word after another one, right? He said it in that quote. We're just temporary uh, living creatures in mm-hmm. the in the world. We're not really living
2: real love if we're just engaging in those kind of lesser forms of love and not really basing our entire lives on charity. Then it's a superficiality to our lives that I mean it's pretty much unsupportable, and no wonder people get really frustrated. They're not happy, exactly. They,
0: yeah, and and you said it very well. You know, I know that we're talking about the fourth love right now. This is the pinnacle, the ultimate love, but you need to have the other three as well, and being able to manage them. I I was I was. Trying to, I was sharing a conversation with my husband. That I gave him the book to read too, because we bounce ideas from each other. And one of the things that I was telling him is, is that is in every love, there's a negative side of us. Is that devil? Is that influence? That bad influence that can allow you to lose that charity, that ultimate goal. So for us, it's being able to manage all these different loves to be able to succeed in that charity, is is love your enemy? You know, would you give Everything you would you give up everything and just follow Jesus? It's like Matthew, uh, when he Jesus calls it Matthew, son of Athos, right? So yeah, something like that. He follow me. And I'm like, whoa, that's uh would you give up all your life of richness, uh, your family behind just to follow him? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Saint Joseph too, because think of the love that he had for
2: the Blessed Mother. And he subordinated that love, maybe that romantic love, for Mm -hmm. the love of God. And in that, think about all the life that they brought to the world through that love. Mm -hmm. That's just amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Another thing that maybe I found uh, really nice is that the understanding of that happiness, right? Lo- love the uh, the only beloved who does not pass away. You know, that's where you can find that true happiness. But if you think about what Jesus did to us and in the previous chapter or episode of our podcast, we we're talking about Corpus Christi. So he became the manna from heaven. He came down. He He suffered in the cross. So one of the things that uh, uh, is you have to understand is that are you willing to follow him because by following him you're accepting that suffering, you know that that suffering that maybe that small thing that makes me happy right now if I deprive myself, you know people always criticize Catholics oh you guys always deprive yourself deprive yourself deprive yourself. And it's it's not that we're depriving; it's we're trying to become better individuals for Jesus, to receive Jesus on Sunday Mass. Mm-hmm. Our heart to be clean. Our like there's no dust inside our heart. The little like spider webs. <laughs>
2: by by loving God, I think it's really misunderstood that by loving Him, we are able to love others better. We can love our family and our friends and those that maybe aren't so friendly with us or even hate us.
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, Mark said it. You know, love. Uh, try to see Jesus in in the face of others. Exactly. Yeah. Yes.
3: It, 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 to some degree, I think the other three loves are kind of like going to the gym for your body, It's you're exercising so that you have the 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 stamina, the strength, the endurance to actually love. Really love, not not the synthetic stuff or the attachment to 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 uh, material goods or this world. Uh, my brain just went blank. No,
0: that's oh. fine. No, you remind I me. I start that... talking,
3: my brain shuts <laughs> No, but
0: you you give me good ideas because you remind me of of things that I thought and I I wrote down as a, I, agape or charity, thinking about as a double gift, a gift of love. You're not only receiving the love, but you are actually acting on the verb "love" to love, to be charitable towards that other person. Right? It's exercising agape towards each other that is going to take us to that ultimate, Mm -hmm. you know, goal that is being closer to God. Not only just by uh, by by, you know praying every day or by going with mass, but it's also about how you applying this love. And at the end of the day. You know, Jesus just did it. You know, he just came for love of us like, since the beginning.
2: I like how you said that. How are you applying that love when you look at examine your conscience at the end of the day before you go to confession? Can people tell you're a Christian by the way you acted today? There's that the Bible quote. You can, you know they're Christians by I their love, love right? Yep. And how many of us can say that? I was a loving person to myself. I mean, taking care of yourself and your spiritual needs and your mental health. That's all important, your physical health. I was loving to my spouse or my children or my sister, brother, brother. I mean, it all Colleagues. branches. Yep. It branches up from there, right? Your parish community, and it's those ripple effects of love that change the world, right?
0: And inspires other people. Look at Jesus. You know that small act. Well, no, huge act, <laughs> not small. But how f- through how history, how many generations over generations over generations, he has inspired and keeps inspiring people, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the ultimate test. If you want to see it, you know, if you think about any religion. Which one is the ultimate test? You know, which one defeats time, you know, creation, et cetera, right? And, and there's a simple answer, but we understand that there's people out there. They're going to come to us and they're going to say, as a Christians or Catholics, Oh, I don't want your charity. They see us as we want to pretend. You know, that's that's one of the problems sometimes I feel of showing maybe those demonstrations because I I don't want people to think that way. But that's stopping me from actually acting. Right. So that's something that we need to uh, we need to start thinking uh, About these individuals, that we continue to love them the same way and continue to provide in that charity, even if they shut their face in, you know, their door in our faces, Mm -hmm. just to continue providing that hand. Mm
2: -hmm. And maybe not to feel downcast too when we fail to love. Those moments are going to come during the day where we pick the other path, right? And to beat yourself up over that, I mean, that's take that to God in prayer, ask Him for His forgiveness, and ask for Him the grace. To help you be more charitable the next time. There's no point sitting there and wallowing in self pity when God's gonna give you those, like, more opportunities as long as your eyes are open and your heart is open to continue that love. And it, it doesn't make you a hypocrite.
3: And I think that's where I was making the analogy to to exercise. Is yeah, okay. So you drop those weights, or you miss that opportunity to love somebody. Well, pick the weights up. Pick up the next opportunity. Uh, uh, Lewis, a little bit further on from where you where you uh, had the quote, he talks about. Um, and when I read through this chapter, I was looking for a you know a, a one sentence definition of charity, and I don't think this is Lewis's intent. But I when I read this line, it says. But in everyone, and of course in ourselves, there is that which requires forbearance, tolerance, and forgiveness. And I thought, to me, that is uh, sort of the human tools we need to use to show love, to, to, to show charity to somebody else. And, uh, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, like many of us do, I guess, maybe too much. But one of the things I've been I've, I've been noticing is that um, – there's a real mean streak in a lot of the a lot of the presentations. There's this trend now where you have you you break up with your partner by writing stuff on your body, and they they take off. It was it's just bizarre, but it made me think that oh shoot, um, oh it's gone. Sorry. Taking the clothes off just t- distracted me. <laughs> um.
0: Maybe it was me. I was moving around because my computer was running out of. Oh, juice! Sorry. Could I could I introduce a quote? I really yeah, have?
2: for sure. Okay, so um, Lewis talks about hate, which I think is really important within the context of love, because very often they're dichotomized. It's either love or it's hate, and he talks uh, in the in the Bible. You know, Jesus. Says you need, you know, you ha- unless you hate your mother and father and like accept my yoke and follow me, you know, you you're not on the right path. And I think a lot of people can misunderstand that. And he he says here, to hate is to reject, to set one's face against, to make no concession to the beloved, when the beloved utters, however sweetly and however pitifully, the suggestions of the devil. So, And I I think that's something we all encounter, too, where someone that we love and we want the best for um, comes to us asking something that's wrong. And the charitable answer to that is it's going to be no, right? I mean, that's a hard thing to say to the people that we love. But sometimes it really is the most charitable response. And when we look at it within the framework of willing the good for the other, which I believe is St. Thomas Aquinas' Definition of love. It it puts it into perspective that by doing the charitable thing, you're really doing the right thing instead of letting someone indulge in something that's sinful.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and maybe that's something that because we fear to be rejected, Mm -hmm. right? We often, I think, we often put ourselves into those situations, right?
3: I maybe have related the story before, but many years ago, when my one of my nephews was just a just a wee kid, uh, his mom and dad and I were going to a, a, an ice cream parlor, and Jake was the, the is his name. He asked for a particular type of ice cream, and he got that ice cream. And when he got it, he didn't like it. And of course, being the, the uncle, well, I'll just buy him a different one. But his mom said, "No, he's got to stick with that." I thought, what a mean thing to do. But it wasn't mean. It was she was being that, that voice of charity. Said, so, okay, look, you can't just control the world. You've got to take the consequences of your actions. And not until I got married and had kids, I understand, oh, now I see where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. It actually was the, the loving thing to do. It wasn't mean.
2: Yeah. So often we have disordered emotions and attractions. I mean, that can be any sphere of life. It doesn't just have to be food. It can be, you know, Um, like erotic attractions as well. And are those things good for us because we feel that they're going to be good for us? Well, not always. And sometimes it takes the charitable person to be that, that voice of love and actually say, no, this isn't a good thing. And that might mean that person rejects you for a time or maybe for their entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a piece that comes, I think with, with, I mean, just doing the right thing, right? Like the best pillow is a clear conscience. You can go to bed at the end of the day and say, well, you know, I tried to intervene maybe in my friend's life and tell them that, um, you know, they shouldn't engage in this sort of activity. And if that person rejects you, I mean, there's still lots you can, you, you have recourse to prayer. I mean, other acts of charity that you can show that you're still open to a relationship with that person, even though you've put yourself in a vulnerable position and they've rejected you.
0: Yeah, I I, I see this also as uh, agape is a giving, but you, you're not expecting anything in return, right? That's what true love is. So agape, in some ways, when you're experiencing that and you're feeling that, Lewis mentioned it, it's like a... A taste of heaven. It's a small degree of heaven, what heaven could feel like in the future. And it is true. is that unconditional love. And I, I believe that right now we're being tested. And, and that's how I said it in my intro, I think we, we have misused the word love so much. We don't understand the different levels that we have. And I think I'm, 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 I would like to discuss further the other chapters, because I think that's where we have a lot of the misconceptions of or, or the issues that we're currently seeing in our society on how love is being twisted and is being actually used right now against each other too. But because we are lacking on believing in something. We are lacking that charity. We are lacking. And if we, if we reflected to that typology, it was the same in the Old Testament. They were lacking that contact, right? So right now, uh, you know, you see the hate. You see people hating because they're from a different political party or they're following this individual, you know. No, it's like go back to your true values, the fundamentals. Are you really following no matter where, what situation it is. And and I think that's the, the fine line that we're walking because we might say, oh, yes, I'm a Catholic and I go to church, but then you go out there and you're not actually applying that charity. Well,
3: and I think to some degree we've, Catholics or maybe Christians in general, have taken the concept that you can't judge your neighbor, and we've turned that into permissiveness. Is whatever everything goes. If it makes you feel good. Is good, instead of saying being that that friend that showing that charity, saying, you know what, um, sleeping with sixteen different people is probably not the best for you or for them. Um, and like, yeah, you might lose the friendship, but you also might save the friendship or you might save the friend if not the friendship. Um, it's because we've 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 twisted what love means, and we've become afraid of saying no. You know what, this is wrong. Now, having said that. I've got an ethical question to ask you. Um, yesterday, I received an email from one of my colleagues at work, and i'm I'm kind of in charge of the the big format plotter we have. And she asked me to print off a uh, a gay pride flag. I'm thinking to myself, well, I personally have a problem with doing that. I, I can't find myself doing that. but also it's it's um, I, was, I, was, I spent a fair bit of time this morning contemplating it. Is that um, what's the charitable answer? Where do I go with that? You know, I, I guess I have the authority to say, no, I'm not going to print it, but where do I go with that?
0: I don't know. I, these are very interesting questions, and I think those are the questions that maybe we we are afraid to discuss, right? One of the things I always go back with in regards to the the pride and And that element is that, well, first of all, I'm not them. The only thing that I can do is my actions can show something different, right? Uh, Do I need to shut down the door for them? No. Right. So it is a fine line because you say, well, I don't believe in that. But by printing it, am I breaking a rule on my own ethics or my own morals?
3: Am I contributing? Uh-huh, to I'm that?
0: Contributing to that, but at the same time, is 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 you also? Well, somebody's asking you for help.
3: Exactly. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know. At least I think that comes down. Maybe every individual. Uh, I I, I would say you know I, I have friends that they are gay, they're lesbians, uh, the transsexuals, and I I like to see them as Jesus again. It's is difficult. But say, you know, if Pope Francis has uh, make a big change on the on the church in accepting them into the 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 church, but not giving them the to show charity, exactly. Yes. And I think that's maybe the way we can approach that uh, is is to show charity. They're not allowed to get the communion because they they understand now. But if And it comes back to me. These are my own questions. And and I'm a troublemaker for that reason. (laughs) But I think about it and I say, well, if there's two women that they love each other, like what we've been discussing, that they love God, but they, they refer to the relationship in a different way, would that be bad? Mm. If they're they're providing the message of Jesus, right? Are they are they believing the values? Maybe they're living in a bad union. I understand that people are getting divorced and living together too, but if they're truly committing to that relationship and they're being faithful in some ways, I, I, I'm I have this understanding. I, I'm trying to think about it. Well, they're not doing anything wrong. They might be giving a different example, but if I'm a good parent. I will tell my kids this is what the what the scriptures say. But are they harming somebody? Are they going to uh, stab somebody? Or they're they're being charitable? They're being good. They're being faithful to each other. They're being faithful to God. Who am I to judge that person?
2: Mm, you know that's that's an interesting. I think this is a really interesting topic for right now because well, for one, I've been reading a lot about uh, the church in Germany and the blessing of of. Uh, of lgbt yeah Yeah. uh unions and you know it's interesting nobody ever talks about chastity that is the charitable response to inordinate romantic Mm -hmm. desires right yeah and again yeah we we have such a we have such a hard time looking at something that you know looking at actions that are sinful and not condemning let's say how am i saying this (laughs) to say it in the charitable way not condemning the person while still condemning the actions because we know the actions it's are wrong. sinful yeah right? exactly yeah so how to express that in a charitable way i think that's maybe melina what you're hitting on where um that individual response to someone who's engaged in a sinful lifestyle has to be really one of of prayerful discernment where like how do i go about spreading the message that this is actually bad for you those inordinate um those affections that we have not we haven't talked about that yet cuz we've, we've we're focusing on charity here but that that inordinate romantic desire that that somehow is you know whether it's culture or nature and nurture whatever has um has taken is yeah is in your is in your your heart and your soul how do we how do we respond to that in a charitable way well you know the answer is chastity and it's interesting because the church doesn't just say this for homosexual unions right it's for married persons Mm -hmm. it's for single persons consecrated persons priests and you know, it's amazing that that dis- that amazes me that that discussion never comes up. You know, mm-hmm. the church has an answer to this, and it's the same answer she gives to every other person because the church is inclusive in that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe that's a that's another topic we should really go into further. Um, you know, that maybe the situation in Germany and how the the Vatican's responded to that, because yeah, there's such a balance between how we give the message of the gospel without compromising the truth. Yeah, you know, we we look at. What are the sinful actions, and how to not, how to encourage that person to not engage in that, mm-hmm. in a way that's going to give them real life in in God and real communion with his or her brothers and sisters? Because if we looked at it with you know, with a different lens, like let's say um, someone had a desire for. A a different, a different sort of, uh, a different sort of attraction. So let's say, oh gosh, (laughs) sorry. Let's say, um, let's look at maybe polygamy, where you want to have multiple wives, or um, other. Like we can look at different crimes as well, like bestiality, or um, maybe pedophilia. Right? Mm -hmm. These are also desires that we can't say that every desire within the human heart is a good thing. That's right. Right, and. We do need to judge in every situation to see what are those sinful actions Mm -hmm. right? and how do we how do we respond to that? So someone with, let's say, um, thoughts of pedophilia, there are people obviously in our society who have those. How do we support them in a loving way so that they don't have to engage in. Harmful actions both to themselves and other people as well. And I think not to, not to relate both parties, but just to look at it within the broader perspective of we're all human and we all have brokenness. And some of us have different attractions that we need, you know, the community and people around us to be able to speak truth to so that we can be whole persons and live out really joyful lives with. You know, within our community, in relationship with those we love, and in relationship with God.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting ethical question mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. You this, you open I don't a kind an of <laughs>
3: But uh, the and I like that you pointed out that the answer to homosexual relationships, or uh, premarital sex, or infidelity. even infidelity, mm-hmm. it's not a unique case. It's different examples of disordered attraction you see you don't chastity is the answer and and convey that charitably is is critical Mm -hmm. have i answered my own question i don't know
0: (laughs) i don't know i we will pray for you so that you make the best decision there right for sure difficult times that we're living and understanding those boundaries for sure
2: yeah and different people i i presume this is an issue that a lot of people have within their workplaces, right? Mm -hmm. You have maybe colleagues engaging in adulterous affairs and, you know, should I say something? Should I not say something? You have friends who are off doing something and, you know, discerning where you're at within that relationship. And that, I think that's key. And taking that to prayer is obviously the most important. And I mean, within the workplace. I mean, a lot of people are forced to do things that they, they don't agree with, right?
3: Yep. Yep. And it's interesting. but Part of, part of my dilemma is that at Christmas time, she made some, uh, the person asking for this, made some questions about uh, the origin of Christmas and, and went with the popular, oh, it's a pagan thing, blah, 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 you know, Saturnalia Nail and all that. And I didn't say anything. And that's mm-hmm. bothering me that I didn't.
0: You know, I had the same issue in Easter that some of my students didn't know why we have Good Friday and Easter Monday off. I'm like, seriously? And I, I did tell them. I said, well, this comes from actually our Catholic traditions. And I'm telling you this because I'm not Catholic, but I'm not preaching here. But I'm telling you, you got this. It's a this. historical fact. It's an historical fact. So, what a good opportunity
2: to open that discussion.
0: Exactly. Right?
2: Maybe maybe this is God's opportunity for you, Mark.
3: And, and maybe that's that's how I should be. And like you say, take it to prayer and, and think about that. Um,
0: yeah. And maybe it's the, the opportunity to say, well, maybe i will Print it, but maybe there's an opportunity for me to reach out and say, uh, You know, oh, I'm going to give you a book, the CS, the four books of the four loves. You know, and and maybe you're printing it, but you're not maybe you don't feel comfortable maybe preaching directly, but giving a, a, a different avenue for them to be curious and maybe see. Uh, and,
3: and a more reasoned response, not just an emotional response, yes. for me. Yeah,
0: and it is hard. It is yeah. hard not to take that those emotions and putting them aside. Uh, and I believe nowadays we need to be more stronger about that, so that we come calm and we come secure. On when we're communicating this message, because so, everybody's been a cynic nowadays, you yeah. know, they're well, just shooting themselves.
3: And I don't want them to dismiss me, oh, well, he's just that cranky old Catholic. Yes. Because that's not what or it's fanatic. about. Or fanatic. Or exactly. fanatic, yeah.
0: Exactly. I get it. And that's where
2: you need to be formed, prepared. And especially yes. prepared in the spirit, in prayer, asking God for the right words, the Holy Spirit to come to you when yes. that. I mean, I, I feel like this discussion is pending for you yeah.
3: <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm.
2: Imagine yeah. what kind of a witness, though, um, like your case, Mark, not printing it would be to that person. I wonder what I, I wonder what that colleague would think if you said, you know, what it goes against my my my, my beliefs.
3: And that might be the approach to take, is mm-hmm. that because I was thinking, okay, well, it's it's a political statement. Which it's not appropriate at work. Mm-hmm. It's also cultural appropriation because they've used the rainbow as God's covenant, sign of the covenant to the Hebrews, and they're adopting it for their purposes. So there's there's a couple of different layers there. But perhaps your suggestion is is the the path to take. Is that mm-hmm. it just it offends my sensibilities, my my conscience.
2: Yeah. And by not doing it, you're showing that you really love people who have homosexual attractions and you believe that the best way for them is not engaging in sexual activity with the person of the same sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's
3: a conversation starter.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> oh, oh uh, just just before we close down here, I'd like to um uh, uh, acknowledge the, we're in a new facility I don't know if you can tell our, we sound different on our microphones, but we're at the Creation Nation Makerspace, it's a uh, a project of the Brandon Neighborhood Renewal Corporation and they've graciously allowed us to use this space and i just like to thank them for it
0: Yeah, thank you so much, this has been great and very comfortable place to be
3: <laughs> If we had a place to put pictures, we could
1: put a picture of it There
0: you go but thank you so much for listening to us. We went, we ran a little bit longer than we wanted it today, but I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Uh, rem- uh, remember to send us an email to lumenfide.com Subscribe to our podcast. Please let us know what you think. And if you don't know where to find us, you know, lumenfide.com the podcast, it has the link to the website too. So you can check it out there, the different resources that we have free for you. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you.
3: God bless everybody.